Hey everybody, welcome to Athletes Rising. I'm your host, Kelly Gray. And this week we talk to Kevin Goldthwaite. Kevin's a former professional soccer player in MLS. He played for San Jose Earthquakes, Houston Dynamo, Toronto FC, New York, the Red Bulls there, uh, Portland Timbers. Saw a lot of action, um, had a lot of ups and downs throughout youth and college and professionals, injuries, all sorts of various issues. Um, such a fun and engaging conversation. Um, an easy one for me. He's one of my best friends. Um, I think that you guys are going to listen and learn a lot from this and really enjoy Kevin's story of finding the game and some of those transition times in life of do I go and play on the more competitive team or do I stay with my friends or I think I want to go to this school and now I didn't get in? What happens? Um, so please listen in. Enjoy this conversation with Kevin Goldthwaite. Today's episode of Athletes Rising is brought to you by Cinch. Cinch is an API-driven sports management platform that simplifies the registration and management process for parents, coaches, directors, and organizations. No more jumping between apps or websites trying to figure out where all of your kids' information is. Cinch puts your entire sporting life in the palm of your hand. Do you or your organization run any kind of camps? Cinch is going to be your answer. Download the app, register your organization, create your camp program, and publish. It's as simple as that. All done from your tablet. Now any parents can search and register their players directly from their phone. You can manage all of your registrations, communications, finances, and even marketing all from your tablet. That's right, Cinch is a mobile app. So as an organization, you can have it with you out on the field as well as at home or in your office. To learn more about Cinch and all that it has to offer, visit the website at cinchhq.com or download the apps from the App Store and Google Play. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Athletes Rising. I'm your host, Kelly Gray. Today, joined by the wonderful and magnificent Kevin Goldthwaite. Kevin, welcome. Thank you, Kelly. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, taking in this whole uh, shelter-in-place thing and uh, making the best of it. Agreed. <laughs> How about you? How are you guys? How's your family handling this? Uh, we're day by day, actually pretty good. Um, first week was a big adjustment this week. Uh, you know, just being tired of the second full week of the uh, kids at home. So we had a good schedule routine down. Um, nice. I'm playing first grade teacher. My wife is playing uh, preschool teacher. So we've divvied those responsibilities up. Uh, and I've learned I'm not a very good teacher through this whole process. <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, yeah. let's uh, let's jump into this. So uh, let's just kind of start with how did you fall in love with the game of soccer? Boy, how did I fall in love with soccer? I think it probably started with uh, the, the competitive spirit I think I have. I have an older brother who's 18 months older than I am. And um, more or less, whatever he did, I just did as well, just for simplicity's sake with my parents in terms of pick up and drop off and all that fun. Yep. And uh, so we did baseball, we did basketball, we did, you know, gymnastics, we did swimming, we did soccer and um, soccer just kind of uh, came uh, as a, a, a fun thing for my brother and I to compete against all the time. And seeing that he was bigger and stronger and faster, it always made me want to be bigger and stronger and faster. And that was a game I think that I excelled probably the most at compared to him. So it allowed me uh, the ability to potentially beat him more often when we're playing in the backyard. <laughs> so I think that was yeah. probably the, the main reason why um, I, I really kind of gravitated towards that. And, um, and then that was like, you know, that's five or six years old, but then as you get to, uh, you know, 10, 12, 13 years old, that's really when I uh, started really falling in love with it and um, became the one sport I did predominantly at that point, I was 13 or 14 years old. So uh, kind of a good evolution of it, but I think it all started with, you know, cause my big, my big older brother. That, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that seems to be a um, a pretty standard trend for, for a lot of the athletes that I've talked to is that it was just easier for the family to have us all doing the same sports. And, um, and that's kind of how it worked out. Yeah. Um, so, so you just kind of played recreationally, you played, you, you mentioned you played like a whole bunch of different sports um, growing up. Um, and then 
what do you remember what age it was you think you chose just soccer you said like maybe 13 14 well no it's probably a little later than that i think that it, you know mentally that's when i chose that this was probably the sport that um that i was best at but i think i uh, probably all all the way up until my junior year of high school i played uh, multiple sports um huh. yeah that's and, interesting and it was more you know i ha- i had uh still played club soccer which is kind of a year round activity but um yeah. I think if it was, there was maybe a, a semester or two or a quarter of two in high school where um, there was nothing going on where, where club soccer might've been in a break and there was an opportunity, to, like I played call or high school golf my junior year. And it was, it, my, my parents basically said, either you go do something at school or you'll get a job. And I was like, well, I <laughs> definitely don't want to go get a job. So I'll, play, I'll, I'll go play golf. <laughs> that sounds great. So yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of, I did, did a little bit of everything and, and really, um, look back as as in that aspect like i'm i think it made me a better soccer player playing other sports and seeing other sports and also made me you know i think appreciate the game a little more because of the the intricacies of the game compared to basketball or golf or baseball or whatever but um yeah i kind of did everything until um until my junior senior year yeah that's pretty amazing i mean a lot of people say that like they're like 11 or 12 or so when they decide to choose one um but there's this resounding theme of everybody plays multiple sports up through at least that age and you know the reason that it's a question i always ask any of our guests is that we see such a trend now of specialization early and i am a firm believer in the fact that that actually hinders players development because you're not going to learn things that you would learn from other sports or you get burnt out i think it's a big thing that people don't think about right now either is is you know yeah you start playing i mean i we have my son's he's turning seven in a month and three weeks and he's got yeah. his friends already playing competitive soccer where there are three games on the weekend three practices a week and i oh. and i'm like i i'm blown away that these kids are doing it yeah um yeah not not something that i think is is in my opinion there's tons of opinions here but not not the best thing for the kids because they get burned out when they're 10 years old yeah i mean i think that we have the same i mean with the soccer club that i run south bay fc um we do have competitive teams at that age but we keep everything to two practices a week and you can only play in one league so you're going to get a max of maybe 10 games throughout the season and i very much have that that mindset and make sure that all of my coaches end up having the mindset of like this is all about enjoyment and falling in love with the game if at any point there's any kind of burnout we're doing too much but you know you got to cut yeah and i I think though that there are those kids that are just different um and that's all they want to do is play soccer. And that might be the case for some of That's all they want to do yeah. from seven years on, seven-year-old on. But I think the majority of the kids, the vast majority, are in that, that little uh, section of the body part where they'll be the ones that get burned out and, and wouldn't necessarily yeah. be the best thing for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you there. Like, it's that, like, 1% or half a percent of the kids that just have that love and that drive that's all internal, and they're the ones that are pushing it. But I'd say then you get a lot, what you get a lot of is there's probably like 20 or 30% of the parents that want their kids to be that. Yeah. And then are trying to keep up with the families of the kids that actually are that. And then those are the kids that could be something great, but they're just pushed too much by their parents. Yeah. They're not allowed to fall in love with the game themselves. And it becomes a job at seven years old. I know. I remember, I remember like when I heard about these kids, these other boys, my, my son's friends, I'm like, well, what are we doing wrong? We got to go. I got one home talking to my wife. Like, well, we, we should think about competitive soccer. And then she's like, well, like pump your brakes, Kevin. Well, he's going to be <laughs> yeah. okay. He's six years old. We don't, and I mean, and then that night I'm thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? That's right. Like it's, but it's funny that that first thought when when I heard other boys were doing it as as a competitive dad, like I want my I want him to be good. I don't want him to get you know fall behind. Fall behind. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, wait a second here. We're gonna be okay, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's let's go into like you said, high school time frame, and you decide that soccer is just kind of your thing. Um, talk about that kind of realization of okay. I'm going to stop doing all these other sports. I'm just going to focus on soccer. And, and then when you kind of saw that you had some potential to maybe go on to that next level in college. Yeah. Again, hard to like pinpoint on the timeline exactly where that, that thought like, okay, you know, this is, this is my best chance of going forward. It had to have been, you know, like freshman year ish for me, probably where I really realized that, you know, if I wanted to, 
um, go to a college and be an athlete. Like this is getting my best choice is to, to put all the marbles in there, not all the marbles in the one basket for, um, for soccer, but it was, let's focus yeah. on this. And, and reality, like my driving thought throughout high school was, um, how can I leverage soccer to get me into the best school possible? And, yeah. and that was like, I think ultimately, you know, my grades were pretty good. They weren't, I wasn't going to go get into a Harvard or Stanford. I could have gotten to some other schools on my own, but having soccer as a, um, as a tool to, to get me to the best school possible was like my big, the biggest thing in, um, in, in my, my, my head about using soccer and focusing on soccer and, and, and further falling in love with it the deeper you dive into it. But um, it hasn't been probably like my freshman year, Kelly, where I, where I really started to think that this was um, attainable and there was like a physical. All right. Sorry about that technical difficulty there. Um, but you were just talking about how uh, freshman year or so you realized that it was um, probably soccer was going to give you this this chance to get into maybe a better school that you, than you could get into academically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's kind of really where I think my focus where a goal became um, a physical goal was kind of presented as a freshman thinking, okay, let's, let's try to use soccer, be the best you can be, you can be at it. And hopefully you can use that to go be a, go be a college athlete, be it D1, D2, D3 or anything. Yeah. That was like, that, that was my goal. And it wasn't like, I got to go to, you know, the best school, with the best soccer program. It was simply like, let's figure out a way to use this to play, to play uh, soccer in, in college and get into a better school than I would have been able to do on my own. Um, just to rewind it a little bit, let's talk about your, your club experience kind of at this time as well, because I imagine this is kind of around the time where your things are becoming a little bit more serious as a club soccer player. Um, and as you said, you may be even realizing that you're getting some opportunities um, and maybe getting some notices from colleges. Uh, I don't remember if it was around then or if it was like a little bit later even, but um, let's talk about the club experience, maybe some of your club teammates or coaches and whoever had the influence, the biggest influence on you there. Yeah, we, I played for San Juan soccer club here in Sacramento. And, um, that was, I, I think the, the first of, of many, you know, foundational pillars of, of, of Kevin Goldthwaite's soccer career, if you will. Um, <laughs> but it, in reality, I mean, like choosing to play for that club with, with those, those, those kids on the team and the two coaches that we had were Paul Arianis and Steve Petusky. Um, two guys that, that were kind of polar opposites, but we had them both at the right time. We had Paul initially as, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old mm-hmm. olds. And then Steve Petesky for, I think 15, 16, 17 plus or minus a year or two in there. Um, but that club with those kids and those coaches, that, that was, I think, um, the most important thing for me to join that club and to be around those people. Um, we had a really good team that was very competitive, which led to us being, you know, uh, the, the college coach conversation starting as a 15, 16 year old. Yeah you know, hearing about a coach at a game or, you know, going to the showcase tournaments where we knew coaches were going to be. And we had one mom, the team mom who put together a booklet of all of our, you know, resumes or bios for, um, for each kid. She'd hand them out to the coaches on the sideline. It's actually really cool. Um, but yeah, the, the club team, San Juan Lightning was the, um, the real reason. And I think, uh, the, the, the reason for this the goal of going to college to play soccer was it, was it could be an actuality. Um, what time, like at what age did you join that team or did you, did you play for them all the way up? I think it was 12 or 13. I was, I played for, you know, another local club team here, um, River City, Arsenal, and then, um, moved over to San Juan, I think at 12 or 13. And what was the reason for the move? Just needed something more competitive? Um, yeah. And, uh, I think that that's where a lot of the the kids that I, at least I noticed that were good were playing on that team Uh and our team wasn't as good. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, let's, let's make the move to go over there and, and see, um, kind of a funky time in my life. Like looking back as 11 or 12 year old, making that decision with your parents. Um, yeah. But how big that is, you know, in the big scope of things like that decision right there, actually, I think probably started the trajectory kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's, uh, it's funny. Like, again, a lot of the athletes that I've talked to, um, right around that time frame, they are faced with this decision. And a lot of times it's, do I stay with my friends and, play on this team that I just enjoy or do I decide to go and play for the more competitive program but I don't really have any friends on that team yeah no wrong answer there either by the way like I mean it's, it's yeah. whatever 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 the... um yeah to go with what you're saying there's no there is no wrong answer there right you have um you know I, my my path was I decided to stay on the team with all of my friends 
And at the end, I decided to recruit everybody to come and play for my team. And so we filled in, you know, six or seven spots with some of the guys that were the top in Northern California. And um, such a Kelly Gray thing to do, by the way. <laughs> I, hey, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave. I was, yeah. I was content where I was, and I always, I wanted to like have fun with my, with my buddies, yeah. and it, it worked out. Exactly, it was the right out. decision. It was the right decision. Good for you. But yeah, I, I also have, you know, like I said, all my other friends were the ones that had been playing elsewhere, and they decided to leave that those teams, and then come and play for for my team. And so, yeah, I think it's a positional and a moment in in a young person's career to like have to make that decision of where do I want this path to go? Yeah. And there's like, there's a, what's also crazy about this, that there's a dozen other decisions that of that magnitude through from, you know, that point until you're, you know, 20 to 25 years old and you got to make all of them almost, almost all of them. Right. I'm sure you're going to make some yeah. wrong, wrong, wrong decisions, maybe get cut from a team and, um, or not make the team and then realize, you know what, okay, let's take a little parallel step here or a sidestep and get back on track somewhere else. But I mean, there's so many decisions that are so important. It's kind of crazy to think for all those things to go right and, or the right thing to go wrong at the right time. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Like kind of through your, through that youth career, through that period in time, um, were there any hiccups that you had? Oh yeah. I mean, um, hiccups all over the place. I think the most important thing that still stands out to my, in, in my memory is never making a regional team. I'm never making a state team, excuse me. Um, so I played, you know, the times are different now. I don't know what, what, what is what any in today's world, but back then it was, yeah. you had your, you know, your club team. And then if you were one of the better players, you can go to the district team. And then from the district yep. team, you can go to the state and then from state to regional and regional and national. And, yep. and, and, and my trajectory uh, made the district team every year, um, but never made the state team at all. So I had that disappointment year after year after year, and which turned into like kind of self-doubt. Like, am I really good? If I was good, I'd be on these teams. Like all these other guys yeah. are on the team. Why am I not on the team? Am I, am I not good enough? Um, and I don't know if that ever hindered me or helped me by not making those teams, but I think um, – I think I just kept my own self-belief and, and kept the other goal of, you know, using this to get to college in my, you know, in, in the forethought of my training and, and living that yeah. uh, it didn't really bother me, but it, it, it did, you know, that was huge. Like never, never made it got cut every year from that team. And again, like a lot of self-doubt crept in um, throughout my, uh, you know, teens because of that. Yeah. But um, again, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing that I didn't make the team. Well, like, how did you how did you go into each tryout year after year with it just just like that hope of oh this year is going to be the year i don't even know i don't think there was ever that hope it was just go do it you know and then if you yeah. if you don't make it you don't make it then move on um mm-hmm. and i'll use this as a bit of an excuse but i was always you know I'm, i was December birthday. So I was a lot younger yeah. and smaller and, and, and didn't mature until late, I believe in my, uh, compared to these other kids. So I felt like as a 14, yeah. 15 year old playing against like other 14, 15 or 15 and 16 year old men, I felt like, you know? Um, yeah. so I mean, that, that was always kind of in the back of my head, but, um, again, it was, it was definitely a challenging point to, um, to think that you, you want to be the best, but yet you can't even get to that next level, which, um, is the state yeah. team, which isn't even, you know, like I always had aspirations. Go, I want to wear the, you know, the, the, the U S shirt one day, team. right. Yeah. So exactly. A long way to go. Maybe it did help me. Maybe, maybe think that it, maybe it made me think I needed to, you know, work harder than everybody else. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was like similar for me too. Cause like I never made, I made the state team when I was 16, I think. And I had, I had gotten cut the year before and that was like devastating, but then I never made the regional team until and it was kind of like by accident, but I had already committed to go to school at University of Portland. I already knew my next steps and my next paths. I just didn't. So I didn't care at all anymore about the whole ODP thing. And that was the year that I made the regional team. It's funny how that works, which, man. Which I, yeah, which I thought was, was pretty funny. But I think it was very similar for me too, though, because it was like, well, my girlfriend, now wife, was a national team player. I always wanted to be like, I would hear about her regional team stuff, her national team trips. And, and I like always wanted that, just like you, I imagined myself pulling on that U S Jersey and wearing it and what, what it would feel like to do that. And it was like, I just want to keep taking those steps. And even at university of Portland, 
I was, we had nine freshmen in my incoming class. And I want to say I was the only one without national team experience. Wow. And like, I used that as, uh, I guess, subconsciously as like more motivation to just put in the time, put in the extra effort, put in the extra work to prove that I was as good, if not better than a lot of these guys. Yeah. I mean, it it was uh, crazy. Like just again, going up and then, you know, you go to college and then there's, there was all the other you know, kids that came through that were all had their resumes were way better than mine. And yeah, um, just like, you know, kind of like, do I like imposter syndrome? Like, do I even belong here? I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, who did I fool to get here? <laughs> well, yeah, let's so let's talk about that a little bit. What you know, you realize, thanks, Siri, let's you realize um, that you can now you have this possibility of playing college ball. And um, talk about that kind of realization of whoa, this, this can happen. And then ultimately choosing Notre Dame. Yeah. I think that that was a a really fun period, a year or two period of like the recruitment process. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I think like maybe a sophomore or junior, I think I got my first piece of mail from a coach and I remember opening the mailbox and then seeing, um, it might've been like Brown university on the, um, on the envelope. I remember this and like coming in and talking to my parents, like, like, look at this like this could happen you know yeah and then and at that point it's like okay um and there was no like i need to do this this or this and this like it was like it, it, this is this can happen um keep doing everything you need to do and it never i never assumed that it was going to happen um yeah so you know kept you know went to a couple camps and um kept playing and our club team at that time had two really really good years so we we're in regionals and nationals every year and um yeah ability at that time to uh, you go to those tournaments those were the 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 pinnacle tournaments where all the college coaches were going to be at and um and then that turned into you know a few letters a day for like a year straight so like you know it was always fun coming home to uh open the mailbox and check the mail um but yeah that's kind of how it started and then at that point it turned into you know okay well uh the 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 recruiting timeframes, I don't even remember, but like then phone calls could start to happen and then seeing who was going to make the phone call. Okay. Then they're serious. That letter they sent, like is that yeah. means that they're, they're, there's real interest. And then like the recruiting trip conversation came in and um, trying to figure out who your, who your schools where you wanted to really, you know, take those trips to were um, yeah. and then go do them. That was, that, was, that was a fun, fun year. Yeah. I mean, God, it was the same for me. I think, uh, funny enough, I, I want to say one of my first letters was uh, was from Bobby Clark. Oh, really? He was at he was at Stanford at the time, and he yeah. he hand wrote uh, a letter. Yeah, it's chicken scratch. I mean, the Bobby Clark's chicken scratch. Yeah. It was, yep, the Bobby Clark chicken scratch. Yeah. Can't and, even uh, read it, but you got a letter from him. <laughs> and that was one of those moments of just like, whoa, like this this could happen. Like this is this is kind of no joke. Yep. And um, definitely transitional. Uh, and and like put puts everything in like real good perspective like man this is kind of cool so what made you choose notre dame so a uh, funny kind of long story on that is um took my five recruiting trips at where were they so stanford cal yep. santa clara ucla and then i just threw notre dame on there because i wanted to go look at the school um yeah simply put that's it didn't know anything really about the, the soccer program had had too much conversation with their with their coach and um uh, so did all the recruiting trips and actually I hadn't gone to Notre, Notre Dame yet and did the Stanford trip and Stanford with Bobby Clark. You just mentioned that was like, I, I desperately wanted to go there. Uh, lo- yep. Loved everything about Bobby and obviously loved everything about Stanford. And mm-hmm. it ended up not getting in um, grades weren't good enough or test scores weren't good enough, whatever it was. Yeah. And then um, kind of uh, as a, as a consolation committed to Santa Clara. And so it was yeah. uh, two of my good friends were, uh, in the same class, we went on the same recruiting trip. So it was kind of a, a cool little deal. And funny enough, that's, that's Ryan Cochran and Steve Cronin. And yeah. <laughs> both of them left, were, were gone like the entire, um, like they probably played one or two seasons, but both were gone at like the U20 World Cup. And then they both got drafted. So I would have seen yeah. those guys for like six months. Um, we don't really ever <laughs> yeah, talk totally. about that. Um, so then anyway, so I was really, really excited to go to, to, to Stanford. I thought that we had a really good chance of getting in with my grades and Coach Clark thought the same thing. Anyways, didn't get in so committed. And um, I remember even thinking, like, uh, before I realized that or uh, found out I didn't get into Stanford, I told Coach Clark, I said, I don't even want to go to this trip to, to Notre Dame. Like, I, I'm not going to go there. And his yeah. advice was, just go, go check it out. And, um, you know, you made a commitment, go do it. Um, what's the worst that can happen? And I ended up going there and just fell in love with the <laughs> school. And uh, so that was the recruiting trip. And then realized I didn't get in. 
and thought, like, well, that's kind of funny because um, I really want to go there now. And then Coach Clark yeah. took the position um, a month before signing day. So I had to decommit and already knew exactly what I was doing. was going to Notre Dame with, with Bobby Clark. That's awesome. Yeah. God. So um, what was the transition like going from club soccer to now D1, you know, top 20 program um, with with one of the best coaches of all time in college soccer? It was It was pretty significant. I mean, I feel like you know, looking back on that time from, you know, 18 years old, 18 year old as a freshman on was really where I started to learn how to play soccer and learn about the game before you just played like in, in high school yeah. and club, you just played, you know, like you might've had different experiences with the state and regional team, Kelly, but like club, we didn't really, you know, we played, I couldn't even tell you the formation we played, to be honest. I don't know if we played a three, five, two or four, four, two or whatever it was just cause we just played. And, yeah. um, and then getting to college, it was like, you know, we're watching videos of the Italian, you know, the back four, the flat back four yeah. and the wing yeah. and the wing backs. And at that point, it's like I switched positions from a center midfielder to a left back, which was pretty major for me. Never yeah. played a defensive position in my life. So getting used to that and then realizing, you know, how much running you got to do up and down the flank. Um, <laughs> wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it was a really big change, like learning about the game, learning about systems, learning about tactics and learning a yeah. new position and, you know, being around players that, you know, top to bottom on a roster are all, you know, really, really good players. Um, did you have trouble breaking into the lineup or were you a starter from the get go? Um, no, I, I think maybe it took a few games for, for my first start. Um, yeah. So I didn't have too I didn't have too much frustration with it. Um, never was I like the first game of the season, uh, my freshman year, like you know, like this is ridiculous. I'm not I'm not starting. Like I was a team player, and then I think probably out of three to five games into the first season, um, started playing, started starting, and yeah. obviously different substitution rules, but um, play got a lot more minutes from that point on. Yeah. Nice. So at that point, what was probably what was the hardest part about playing? college soccer man i don't know probably one adjusting the you know the the, the pace and the style um mm-hmm. i think it took me a while to adjust and to figure out and adapt to and then additionally i think where, where where i was in south bend indiana climate was a little bit different than what i was used to so we would be you know playing <laughs> in october november and it's 35 degrees outside or going down to iu yeah. and playing iu in bloomington indiana in November and it's it's like you know 20 degrees and it's just you know <laughs> snow's pushed up on the banks on the outside of the field that was a that was an adjustment getting used to that um but I think the, the biggest thing was the the pace and the style the physicality of the game was a lot different than club what about off the field how was your transition to living on your own and having that kind of responsibility I loved it hit the ground running I was I'm, I'm the youngest of three so I you know my my last few years in high school were probably a little bit more independent than my brothers and sisters were um so yeah I don't think adjusting wasn't wasn't a challenge for me I think I've always been pretty well um self-driven and self-motivating where I can get my school work done and um yeah and and adjust and, and not by any means in my you know 4.0 obviously but um was 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 able to adjust cleanly and easily enough and to into that world where it's just you know you're the one making the, you know, responsibilities for yourself every day. Yeah. Okay. So we're into college soccer, your freshman year. Um, talk us through kind of the rest of your college career and, and get into that time when it maybe became a thought of maybe I can keep this going past college. Yeah. I remember the conversation to this day, uh, Andy Forrester, our, our German, like 26 year old center back, um, my freshman, this is probably, I don't know, the, the, the league MLS is probably eight or nine years old. So still pretty, pretty young. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and another guy and we were in the locker room or, or wherever we were. And, and he said like, well, you guys, you guys will be going to the next level. Like you have this, you have this in a thick German accent, by the way, you know, you have this thing here. And I was like, like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not good enough to do that. Like that's, those guys yeah. are superstars. Like no way. And then, like, dawned on me, like, the next day, is like, man, am I, am I good? Like, I, I, Andy <laughs> thinks I might be able to play, play the next level. That's, that's, that's crazy. And, and then that was the end of it. But I look back on that, that conversation quite a bit. But, again, like, I think my freshman and sophomore year, um, I was never planning or banking on, on going pro. Um, yeah. It was just, like, again, like, work as hard as you can at what you're doing 
and it wasn't even like if it happens it happens it, it, kelly like jailing it wasn't even a thought until probably my senior year where i found out that two agents called like over the summer asking about me and yeah and i was like well that's like why what did they call for like, what did i do you know like, yeah, exactly. like oh no they want they want to talk to you like about what like what does that mean yeah am i, am I in trouble yeah did i do something <laughs> well so okay so your senior year agents call about you and and what's next like where's your head at at this point um i, I don't know like i, I again kind of like once you see the like college coaches like okay well you know this might be real that goal of going to college and playing soccer might be real and then and playing in college it's like okay you know andy was he was right andy forrester was right he said that you know there's a chance that we could play at the next level and then it's like okay well what does this mean like if yeah. you go to the next level that means you got to you know, the drafts in January and then you're going to whatever city and team you're going to go to. And then you got to, what's, what happens with school? You're supposed to finish your senior year. So at that point it was like, okay, um, I'd gone to summer school conveniently enough before. So I knew that I could graduate early. So immediately it was like, okay, how do I figure out a way to graduate before I leave this campus? Cause if I don't do that, if I don't do that, (laughs) that's going to be super challenging for me to do. So we worked with our counselors, worked with, with Bobby Clark and, and got the, the classes figured out and, and then um, once our season, I think our season ended a little bit early. We lost in the I think round of 16 that year in the tournament. And we were, I thought we would have been a little bit more, um, gone a little further. So it was, it was a quick, like abrupt end to your senior, you know, your last game of college soccer. Yeah. And then um, at that point, we opened up conversations with the, um, the agents that were calling and found out which one I wanted to work with. And um, then he immediately sent me over to France and um, it was me jack stewart and, and brad guzan in uh <laughs> yeah. auxerre france sharing a little three-bedroom apart or three three-bed uh hotel and <laughs> some good memories from that i think it was, we were there for about a month um and that wow. was i think kind of like leverage um for us to to get a deal with mls before the um before the draft which they weren't doing very often at that point so i was fortunate enough to get the deal before the draft and mm-hmm. then um then the whole, you know, hoopla around the draft, going to the draft was really cool. And um, I remember when, when San Jose, who, who drafted me, called my name. My dad was sitting right behind me, gave this, like, loud shout. Like, he was so, so excited that, we were, you know, it was two and a half hours away. So Exactly. You're gonna be yeah, <laughs> so he was really excited. And I think the next thing he said to me that night was like, you know, uh, Spartan Stadium sells beer at their games, Kevin. <laughs> All right, I got you, Dad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yet another reason that I love you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> going on. Um, so, so yeah, that that was kind of the, the college years. Um, but again, like I don't ever remember thinking like I got to do this if I'm going to be pro. It's just like just go be the best you can be and work hard. And I always felt I worked hard. Um, and I, again, I learned a lot in in college. Like I learned how to defend, kind of learned how to defend, uh, <laughs> but learned learned a lot <laughs> about the, the tactics of. Um, of the game and and, and the, the inter- intricacies of the game that I don't think I ever really would have learned if I stopped playing at 18. Um, so, so talk about the, that, that moment of hearing your name called to go to San Jose and like that whole, I mean, yes, how MLS works and some of our listeners might not understand this is your contracts are with MLS. They're not with a specific club. So you can sign a contract with MLS before you actually would get drafted by a club. So you know that you have, you have a contract and all that. So talk about that moment of you realize you're going to San Jose. And now I, I mean, I imagine it being you picture yourself now in the San Jose locker room, wearing the San Jose Jersey, all of that. It's now become a, a reality. Yeah. I mean, very, very cool experience top to bottom. Uh, you know, I think realizing going into it, there was a lot of anxiety for me. Like, I don't know where I'm going to, where am I going to be living? I can be living anywhere in the next two yeah. months. And um, not knowing that was, uh, was a challenge, but also pretty exciting. And then finding out that I'm going to go back basically the, to the, the, you know, the city that's closest to, to Sacramento and uh, with an MLS team was, was super exciting. And then, you know, yeah. uh, over the next couple of weeks, couple of months, getting the logistics down and getting out there for preseason and, you know, I vividly remember coming in like the first week or so and like, you know, every other team I've ever joined on anything, I always felt like there was open arms embrace of like, you know, the new guy, like, yeah. come on, you're, you're, you know, you're a teammate, like we're going to work together. Yeah. But this was like, like 
nobody nobody wanted to talk to me um it was it's it's professional it's a job now right i mean i don't know if you experienced that but it was like okay i gotta i gotta earn everything yeah there's no one's gonna no one's gonna give me anything i gotta go out every day in training i gotta go out every day whenever i can to prove myself and then it's kind of funny as you start to to do that stuff then the the door opens up a little bit more which with each person for relationships to start to be formed yep um but that was a that was a huge transition. Yeah, I had a very similar one for me when I joined the fire. Um, I had been with the uh, Olympic team in Italy playing a game during the draft. And the fire, I found out I got drafted by uh, the fire. And I was sitting around in a computer with Brad Davis and Kyle Martino, just hitting refresh, seeing, seeing yeah. whose name was going to pop up next. And... And so I see the fire. I'm like, oh, awesome. Okay. And then I get the phone calls from them. They were actually in Portugal at the time. And so I flew from uh, Sicily over to Portugal to Lisbon. And it was the same kind of thing. It was like, I had a couple of friends on the team. So that was good. Demarcus Beasley was a teammate with the national team. So he and I were together. So that made the transition really easy for me in that sense. But then I very quickly learned, just like you, like, oh, these guys see guys come in and out all the time. I have to work so hard and prove to them that I'm good enough to be here. And yeah, I'm going to stay and yeah. throughout that trip. It was a three week trip in Lisbon and throughout that trip, every day in training was, you know, was just that it was a fight. It was a battle. And then you go back to your room and you're basically just resting. And there wasn't like that friendship or camaraderie yet, but every day it got a little bit more and a little bit more. And as these players started to respect me more as a player, they would open up and then the banter would start and it became more friendly. And then by the end of that trip, I mean, I remember it very, very vividly. We were playing a game against Benfica and um, before the game, uh, Peter Novak and Risto Stoichkov had pulled me aside and they had been giving me like, pointers on certain things and they had basically like taken me under their wing and I remember thinking to myself like oh my god I cannot believe I'm even standing next to these two players let alone yeah, these guys are talking to me let alone yeah. that they're talking to me and they're like they see the potential in me and they're they like want me to be a significant contributor here and it was it was really at that point that I realized that that's how it had to go you had to you had to continue working and, and Claude Charles had told me, he's like, look, once you get to the pros, he's like, you're going to think that you've made it. He's like, you haven't even started yet. <laughs> That's when yeah. it gets the hardest. You think you're there, but you've got to now actually go further, try harder, work harder, like all of that, you know? Yeah. That's that's, that's where I think in my, um, life i think that's one of the most challenging things to do like and it's so so fast paced where you know it's it's week to week too if you're doing well then you're in a good position if you're not doing well you're in a bad position where again for for the listeners there was a date that i remember that we would celebrate I remember chris aloisi and i was it june, i think it was june 1st every time we got past june 1st was like okay we're getting paid for the rest of the year yeah. they can't cut us <laughs> Any date up to that, like if you were on the on the fringe, if you were, you know, yeah. like maybe cutting it, maybe not. Um, there was uh, that date was looming for me for like my first three or four years playing. <laughs> it's so it's so true, though. And things are much different now than they were. Uh, yeah. Then. Yeah. So. Um, so let's talk about that coming into your first year as a pro. Um, some of the challenges that, that you came up against in order to try and find time. I mean, you came from being a starter and a star at um, Notre Dame and then coming into this new professional environment. So what was, what was the most difficult part about that first, those first couple of years? Well, I think there's a lot of things. That was the biggest jump that I ever experienced in terms of quality of play and speed of play. I think speed's the the emphasis that I would use here. We're just getting in like the first week of 5v2 and realizing how fast things were. And I mean, honestly, like got to a point where like, if I was able to, to like not turn the ball over at certain points, that was like a win for that little, little part of, part of the uh, drill or whatever we're doing. Like, I mean, like I say little, I mean, major in my own head, like, oh my God, I didn't turn the ball over. Like I'm going to do this. Um, So the speed of play was the biggest transition for me. And then also like camaraderie wise, where it, um, 
you got to go, you're going to a team with, with, you know, a 30 year old with two kids and his wife isn't working. Like this is, is literally like putting food on the table for his kids. Mm-hmm. And so seeing those guys and, and trying to build relationships with, with, with your teammates and, you know, um, those age gaps don't necessarily help all the time, but still trying your best to make sure that, 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 um, you can figure out a way to be a part of the team as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while. I think I got loaned. I ended up getting loaned out to Portland for, um, I think, frankly, I just wasn't wasn't good enough. In fact, I had to take a pay cut at one point before I did that. They put me on like you know the lower developmental salary yep. for for three months, and then um, they shipped me out. I was like, oh boy, I gotta I gotta figure this out, um, or it's gonna be bad news, and I'm gonna be done. Yep. And so going up to Portland and getting a lot of minutes against professionals again, probably a little bit less uh, uh, quality and a little slower pace of play that I could adjust to a little better. A good stepping stone you know, playing 10 games up there and again, just moving up there for, for, I think three or four months, like driving, packing my car, driving up there, a bunch of people I don't know. Um, and competing with people again, like this is their job. So that was, I think the most important uh, uh, decision in my professional life for longevity, um, to allow me to play for, for whatever, seven years. Um, that was the moment because if I didn't do that, I think I would have just sank in San Jose and wouldn't have been able to, to excel and get minutes. Yeah. I mean, talk about that mentality of like, not, not being able to find those minutes. I mean, I, I've certainly gone through that in my career. Um, but what was that like for you? It's always, I mean, you know, through the course of it, it's like, um, every team I played on, it was, I got good spells where six months, I felt very confident with my, with my minutes in terms of, you know, I know I'm probably playing. I know I'm going to be first one off the bench. And there's be times where I could barely, like barely sniff the 18. And at at that point, it was always a realization, okay, go have a conversation with the manager, the coach and ask straight up, like, what, what do I need to be doing to get minutes and have that black and white conversation and have him hold accountable, you know, okay, well, you, you need to be more fit or you need to work in your yep. defending or you're, you're not getting too many, enough balls whipped in the box or you're not being, you know, aggressive enough on aerial battles, whatever it is. It's like, okay, um, what can I do to, to do better yeah. at those? And it's okay. Bring in the strength coach, bring in the assistant coach. And then, okay, you're doing two of this. Yes. Like, okay, go to practice in the morning with everybody and then have your lunch and then come back. I mean, everyone was always willing. The coaches were always willing to come back yeah. and work with you. And that was, I mean, like big for me, like whenever I got to that point, it was like, just, it, it was a simple like process, like go yeah. ask the coach and then, and then, uh, you know, ult- ultimately, hopefully you can um, fulfill those, those needs that he has. And he's not, you know, giving you just, um, just uh, uh, not giving you the time of day in the conversation and really thinking about what, what you would need to do to be better or to be yeah. in the lineup and then trying to execute. On um, do you think that, that, um, that um, moment of, getting loaned out um actually helped you like that that whole experience actually helped you when it came to like those later stages in your career um you know where you where you were finding like crazy success yeah i i don't think again like without that i don't think even have the later stages in my career like without doing that and and learning how to be a professional and how to play against professionals um you know, none of the, any, any success from then on would, wouldn't have mattered, wouldn't have been there. Those opportunities would not have been. Yeah. I mean, the reason I ask is because I feel like there's so many players these days and I see it in the youth levels a lot where if they don't make that Academy team or they don't make that state team or they don't make um, that high school team that they quit, they're just like, Oh, well, that's it. I'm done. And I feel like that lesson that you just talked about is just so important where, you might not be where you want to be at that moment, but as long as you keep along the path and keep that end goal in mind, it's possible. It can happen. I mean, no, nothing's easy, yeah. Kelly, right? Like it, it's not going to be a, a walk in the park to get to where you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> like you, it's going to be hard and you're not going to know it. Uh, you're not going to be good immediately. You're not going to be the best yeah. immediately. Um, you've got to go out and yeah. work. Yeah. So um, let's, let's go through now you've, you've done that in Portland. You've uh, you've come back to San Jose. Um, I was obviously on your team at this point. They moved us to Houston. Um, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like that's kind of when you started to find uh, yourself in the professional game. 
Yeah, uh, I think when I came back from Portland, when we were still in yeah. San Jose, I, I played in, in, I think, every game that we had left. We made, like, three yeah. or four games. And even, I think, maybe a playoff game or two, which was um, which was a great, great way to end the season, just on, a, a you know, an emotional state to get in the offseason. And they're like, listen, I was yeah. part of it. I played. I got minutes. And then in San Jose, I think, was Wade hurt? Wade Barrett, was been. he hurt? For the first part, and and then I, I think he was hurt, so I filled in. Uh, Wade was playing above me, in front of me, and then um, started. I think the first probably ten games and did okay. Uh, but that was the that yeah that was the first time where I was I think I think a really a part of um, of that yeah. squad. If that makes sense, like that was finally where I think people people uh, uh, opened up at that point. Okay, this guy could be around for a while. He's 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 passed yeah. that test. Um. And then through that course of that season, my, my playing time with Wade came back, it, um, it suffered. And I was, I, at that point, I think I was the first guy off the yeah. bench. Um, so, so still getting good minutes and I was still pretty happy with, with that. And, um, was, you know, moving to Houston was another challenge just in itself, <laughs> yeah. but, um, we, we all managed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, didn't end that season on a high note in terms of, I don't, I don't think I played in like last five yeah. games and that was the MLS cup year. So, uh, yep. looking back, I, you know, I, I wish I would have been able to have been more part of that, but I also, I feel pretty, pretty happy with my role on that team as a pretty big contributor. I think it probably played two yeah, thirds of the games. Absolutely. Um, and then at that point, at what point was, um, did you end up getting traded? I think preseason yeah, the following pre-season. year. Preseason, because I was wondering. I, I mean, I remember the day yeah. well, um, but yeah. So talk about that, like when how how that transition went too. Because um, you know we had a we had an incredible locker room in Houston. I felt we had a we had an yeah. awesome group of guys who are you know best friends to this day. And then having to leave that. Yeah, that was, you know, and, and again, this this is another moment, another conversation that I'll never forget. Um, so this is a unique opportunity where I think Toronto reached out to um, Houston to yeah. Dom Kinnear and um, Dom pulled me aside one day. I think we we're in Florida. And he, he asked me like, Hey, here's the deal. We want you to stay here. Like Kevin, I think this is a good opportunity for you to go to play, to go play right now. You're Wade's starting left back. Um, like you think about it over the, over the week, then let's talk when we get back to Houston. I think it was like two yeah. or three days later. So we planted that in my ear. I'm like, oh boy, that spun me all over the <laughs> yeah. place. But I ended, I ended up talking to, to Ryan Cochran, and this was like the nail in the coffin for the trade. I said, I straight up asked him, like, what would you do? Like, I'm probably not going to play yeah. much here. Um, I think there's a good opportunity to play in Portland, in Toronto. Uh, but, but yeah, excuse me, Toronto. But this, it's so comfortable and fun yeah. here. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> and he said straight up, he's like, listen, if, if you want to play, you gotta go. You gotta, you gotta get traded. You gotta go. And, and that, that was, the um, like, I don't know if I ever told Ryan that, but that was like, all right, I got to go. It's my, my, one of my best friends yeah. on the team, you know, telling me straight up that that's, that's the right decision to, you know, so it was a good, good, get an outsider opinion after I've been spinning over that conversation with Dominic Kinnear for, for two or three days. Well, I feel like, and then left, I think left probably just at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that was, um, that was a transition point in your career as well, because you, you went off and. I mean, at least from my perspective, you became a star, right? You played and were a huge contributor on like for the rest of your, your entire career. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as say a star though, Kelly. <laughs> well, look, you were a starter in <laughs> I'd say 90%, 100% of the games between Toronto and, and then you went from Toronto to New York, right? Yeah. Toronto to New York. And then, I mean, still, there are still bumpy patches like New York, my, my first year yeah. in New York um, with Bruce arena and that staff, like Bruce did yeah. not like me. Um, and, and then he left and I, there, there's a, there's a big point too. At that point, I think after my first, my, my second year, um, no, my first year in New York ended. I had one year left on my contract. Bruce had gotten fired. And I told my, told my now wife, like, let's, let's go back to New York yep. for one more year and let's go have fun. Yeah. Let's enjoy it. And, and then Juan Carlos Osorio ended up taking the job and within like a month and a half in a preseason, I had a yeah. new contract. Like Juan, Juan loved me for some <laughs> reason. And I think honestly, it's probably because like, I didn't, 
I didn't worry about anything about things yeah. anymore. Like w- with Bruce, everything, like every pass is like, Oh, what's Bruce want me yeah. to do with this ball? Like getting that and freeing out up from, from that mentality of like not caring yeah. as much, um, really, uh, I think freed me up as a player. And then at that point, I think I had my best three years from that point on. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I remember, I remember those days, uh, fondly of watching and just being like, wow, man, you really came into your own as a player. And, and as a leader on the field. Yeah, those were, those, those were, that's the prime, I think of my career at that point. So then from, from New York, you ended up going to Portland. Yep. Then again, I was hurt hurt my last year in New York and then um, they ended up waving me. And then Portland was, was coming into the league with John Spencer, who we worked with in in Houston and Spenny was, was one of the best assistant coaches that I've ever had and um, really good guy. So it was kind of no brainer. I immediately reached out or had the agent reach out to, to, to Spenny and um, he's like, come on yeah. over and, and made the jump and, and spent uh, my, my last year in Portland. Yeah. What a great place to, to be. Good grief. Yeah, it was great. It was a so, fun year. Um, let's just, we got a handful more minutes left to talk here, but let's talk about that transition from I'm done playing soccer to what am I going to do with the rest of my life? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, that whole thing, huh? <laughs> that, that little thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, we were in Portland and, uh, got hurt and then realized, um, Portland didn't want to pick me back up and I could go move to Salt Lake or Colorado and I'm 30 years old. And at that point I was like, you know what? I think yep. I'm just going to go, uh, I'm going to hang him up. I, I just, I don't want to, I would have taken significantly less money. It's like, you know, now's the time to go start yep. the rest of your life. Um, that was a good, a good run while it lasted. So went back, moved back home from Sacramento, moved back to Sacramento with my wife. She's from here as well. And, um, tried to, uh, you know, I give you this identity about yourself for your first 30 yeah. years of your life. And then it's kind of gone. And, um, so looked around for a job and then, uh, stumbled across commercial real estate and have just, uh, dove right into that. And then at the same time, kind of conveniently enough, um, the, the Republic here in Sacramento started, I think, in 2013. So like my first year, first full yeah. year back. And they needed a, someone to do the, the color commentating. So uh, through the relationships I had here in Sacramento, they, they reached out and had zero experience doing this and, <laughs> and said, sure, yeah. why not? And I've been doing that for, for, for seven years now, still at the same time at the same time, still doing the commercial real estate. I mean, God, what an, what an incredible story. Um, do you miss, do you miss the playing days? I miss, I miss 5v2 and I miss oh, the locker room. God, 5v2 is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. If I could go play a little 5v2 with, with the same group of guys <laughs> um, at some point, sometime like that, that, that's, that, get, that's what I want to do before I die. That's like my happy place. Man, that's a great idea. We should do yeah. that. 5v2 meetups let's do 5v2, 5v2 meetups. meetups perfectly <laughs> yeah with all like just go around <laughs> any mls alumni 5v2 meetup any city <laughs> that's perfect god well look i want to i want to thank you for coming on the show um i think that our listeners will be able to gain many insights from your experience and uh you know i have nothing else to say to you other than thanks man this is great all you right, better buddy. talk to you later bye talk soon man